Hi, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Day Beautify podcast, the premier e-commerce podcast brought to you by Day Beautify. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and joining me today is Trudy McNabb, the co-founder of Design Packs, a quick and easy way to customize your Shopify store and add new modules directly to your current theme. Trudy is also the co-founder of Up at Five, a digital studio focused on data-driven web applications. On this episode, Trudy and I discuss app development, theme development, the differences between the two, and much more. Here's our interview now. Trudy, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm very wonderful. We sound like NPR now. It's true. (laughs) Why don't we start off with a little bit about your company, Design Packs? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so Design Packs is an app that I created with another woman for Shopify that is essentially a bunch of sections. It's like a repository of sections that you can just add to any theme and it'll integrate without causing any problems. Yeah. And that's like the short, sweet, simple version of it is to my knowledge, when I was looking at the website, it is a massive library of addendums to themes and you really pitch it well as Legos. As, as a big fan of Legos myself, as, as as someone who plays with Legos a lot with my kid, that's a major selling point to me. It's kind of like adult Legos for your Shopify website. What specifically are some of the sections and additions that a Shopify brand can make to their theme thanks to design packs? Well, there's tons of things. We have a lot of banners. And it's funny because when we first started, we thought that we would make really unique sections that were very style focused. And as we went through and heard back from our customers, we realized that it was actually just the flexibility that people wanted. So people, so we created like banners and people are using our banners and we're like, don't, doesn't every theme come with a banner? But then the difference is like, we have a lot more style customizations that you can do. And we also always have like a mobile image separate from the desktop image so people can choose and make it really stylized. So I think a lot of our focus has become more making sort of generic, but very flexible sections. Right now I'm working on a tab section. We just launched a section that's a collection page, but you can actually reorder everything. So you can add, take away, remove all of the elements of a collection page and reorder it and just tweak it it's very, very customizable because I find that's actually what our, our customers really enjoy. And then we have other things like that you don't necessarily come with every theme, like a countdown timer or like one of those sliders that shows you half of an image and the other half. Some of those that you're not going to get in every theme. But yeah, we found that actually just the flexibility has been the biggest selling point for our customers. Oh, I can imagine because when when you have someone who wants something, especially very particular people like entrepreneurs and e-commerce professionals, they're very I don't know, visionary in that aspect where they want this thing in this way on this theme. So if, if it doesn't work, I need to find a way like with design packs to make it work. Is that kind of like the foundation of the brand? Is that accessibility, that kind of drag and drop, see what fits, see what doesn't? Yeah. So it's funny because we just had like one of our customers give us like a, you know, a review or, or whatever. And he w- he said this and I was like, oh, that's exactly us. It's like, because no theme is perfect because it's like, there's always like, you know, you can find like the exact theme that you want, but there's always going to be something missing or something a little off. Oftentimes, like with the collection pages, I find they're just usually generic, like they have the options, but like you can't, usually there's not a lot of customizations you can do with like a collection page or 
people just want to be able to just add one little thing that is missing or like a couple little things that are missing. So I think that is now my new thing. It's like, no, because no theme is perfect. Like it's a great log line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool slogan. I'm curious how you decide what sort of sections to add to your library. Is that from your team's and your ideas and experiences, do you like kind of maybe accept pitches? How do you how do you figure out? I saw on your website you add like five new ones each month or something like that. And so the fact that you're consistently adding to this library, how you figure out what specifically to add to the library? How do you figure out what the demand is? So it's funny because when we started, we started with like just 10. Like when we launched, we had like 10 sections and we're like, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. And it was actually also like it worked out kind of the timing worked out really well because we launched about six months before sections everywhere. So our sections were sort of like pretty much you can only use on the homepage and we made templates that you could use, but they weren't as flexible as they were with sections everywhere. But then six months later, they announced sections everywhere. And we're like, oh, this just made our app just so much more useful, basically became like a page builder in a sense. So that was just lucky for us. And it kind of like started a whole category of app because now there's a bunch of other like section apps or whatever. But I was like, oh, we have 10. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to get ideas. But just as going, like, I just didn't know how we would continue. Like, I thought that we would run out. Now we have like 150, over 150 sections. And a lot of it is just actually from our customers' feedback. Like, we get a lot of requests for sections. So like, oh, can you have this? Can you have that? So it's funny because one of the first ones, like this customer just asked us for just like a grid with like images and then text over the images. I was like, yeah, I could just, like, I could make that. It's pretty simple. But it seems so generic. And so like, why would, doesn't every theme come with a grid of some sort like this? So we just built it. And that's like literally became one of our most popular sections. And that's kind of what the catalyst for like, oh, people just want these generic sections that are just very flexible. So there's two main like places where you get ideas is I still do agency work. So I'm working with clients and building out section. So if they want something really specific, I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. How can I make it a little bit more generic for design packs? Like just a lot of the merchants using the app making requests. No. And I think that that your work with up at five, I could imagine definitely informs a lot of that ability to research. That makes a lot of sense to me. How do you ensure on a more technical aspect that Every section, a brand owner or, or like a, a store owner ads doesn't conflict, not only with every single Shopify theme, because I assume that you make these sections to work in every single Shopify theme, which is coded differently and developed differently. So not only does every single section have to match with every single Shopify theme, but also what other, other additions that they may already have, whether that's other apps or whether that's your own stuff. I mean, that feels part of the reason why Lego was so popular is because it all snapped into place with every single other Lego. So how are you able to do that in kind of a digital world? Well, yeah. Well, first and foremost, I feel like our dynamic, like both me and my co-founder are developers first. So we just love developing, which is why sometimes we're always building sections because it's the thing we love to do apart from like, you know, marketing and other things that's not our favorite. But my co-founder, Ann Thomas, was the technical director for Out of the Sandbox for five or six years before we started this. And I don't know if you're familiar with Out of the Sandbox, but it was like a very popular brand for Shopify themes. And so she built many Shopify themes. She knows the whole ecosystem. There's a lot of like, 
you know, intricacies of how, like, to get into the theme store, like, what's required and how everything works. So I think from her expertise of just understanding how themes work, she was able to, like, create, like, a system for us that's, like, extremely scoped, extremely defined, narrow. I guess, like, technically, like, CSS is extremely scoped, so nothing, and the JavaScript and everything is scoped such that it won't, like, it can't leak out into the rest of it. And for the most part, every so often there's something that will happen where like there's like the theme will have unscoped CSS, which might affect ours for certain reasons. Like sometimes there's the occasional thing, but also because Anne is so entrenched in that ecosystem, she knows most of the people. So like one time she just reached out, she's like, hey, this, we noticed this is an issue. And they're like, okay, we'll change it. So she has those relationships where she can kind yeah. of be like, is this us or is this you? You know? Yeah. So it's like relationships. I think both of us have been, been in the Shopify ecosystem for so long that helps and like knowing people but yeah so scoping and then we also have like custom css scoped for mobile and css in each section so like if i think like it's great for merchants who know nothing about coding but if you know a little bit about coding it becomes that much more useful because you have like a really good base to start with but then you can start adding like really custom things into each section without having to affect that section in other places of the store so that's why people can take like a little grid with for for pictures which seems extremely simple and can be tweaked to be a little more customizable and stylish or solve a certain problem. No, that's very cool. I appreciate you explaining that. What, what from your perspective, Trudy, was the biggest obstacle since you founded the company? One of them is just Shopify changing technical requirements all the time. So we're constantly keeping up with like their backend requirements. <laughs> that's probably, I would say, the biggest obstacle, which is good. I mean, Shopify updating everything and changing is good because it's like making the platform better, but also it's like a lot of work to like keep up with them because we're about a billion dollar company. That reminds me, do you get any sort of leeway before they make updates or you get like a decent amount of heads up before they they give like an update or tech requirements or I imagine you got to have some sort of prep time. Yeah, I think the prep time is like sometimes it's really good. Like sometimes they'll be like a year from now we're changing this oh, wow. so you have time. And sometimes Wonderful. they're like, that means I can get to it in six months. Yeah. And then sometimes they're like uh, three weeks from now or, or sometimes, I mean, they have change logs and everything. I'm sure it's somewhere, but sometimes you miss these things and they'll be like, oh, you have a month to change this and which sounds like a lot but when you're a small company you don't you already had plans for that month probably yeah the other company that we were alluding to was a digital agency is a digital agency called up at five right so you're also the co-founder of this company which specializes in shopify customization at large. Am, am I getting that right? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Up at Five started in 2015. And then quite quickly, we kind of just started doing just Shopify because it was a good area to focus on. And it was kind of, I mean, it's much different. Like the ecosystem is much different now than it was back then. But we started developing and got into doing things like really uniquely. But at that point, the platform was like, you needed a lot more coding ability to do interesting things. And I personally, I, I'm i a coder. I love coding and I love doing interesting things. So we would do like, you know, bundle builders or customizations or like custom apps for integrations with like shipping or 3PL or, you know, all sorts of things, which over time, these things have been integrated into Shopify or much easier to do. But when we started, it was like, 
It's just like the fun of trying to figure out what you could do to make really interesting storefronts on Shopify. But now since like online store 2.0, that's given so much more flexibility and also coming out with design packs, I'm actually just, I use now design packs in my own development for my agency. I believe that. And it seems to me like design packs is already part of that up at five umbrella. So I'm curious why you decided to make design packs into its own little brand instead of kind of keeping it in that up at five ecosystem. Running up at five with a different person and then I'm doing uh, design packs with a different person. So I'm doing both things, but with different people. So that's part of it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's the main reason why they're separate, but it just makes it easy. But also part of the catalyst was like, because I like doing interesting things, I don't necessarily like building the same thing over and over again. But obviously with e-commerce, you know, you're going to build the same things over and over again. So that was part of the catalyst to make an app, which was like, why don't we just build a really good version of the thing that everybody wants and just let them do like, you know, just build it once really, really well and then let people have it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the teach Amanda fish philosophy, where if you build the thing that other people can come to to build their own thing, then I don't have to build all their things for them, you know? Yeah. And since 2.0, since a lot of like, you know, designers, agencies are able to like use things like design packs or just the themes or do a lot of it themselves. I've now, instead of building like full themes, I'm now just usually doing like the very complicated, intricate parts that you can't do with any of those other tools now. So I'm working with a lot of other agencies to just build like more custom parts, but then I don't have to build a banner every single time. <laughs> I'm just like, use this. But that means it's it's challenging for you. So it's probably pretty rewarding and fulfilling for you at, yeah. at the same time, instead of uh, kind of like, okay, got to build 2000 theme that is exactly like the one that I did two weeks ago, you know? So that's enlightening. You kind of were touching about this and I, I'd love to dive into a little more what some of the major differences are in developing an app or theme with up at five versus creating this library of additional sections with design packs, because, you know, to, to an onlooker like myself, I'd say you're developing something, you're developing something. It's the same, but I know it's not. So do you mind kind of expounding on that for me? I think, yes, it's very different in the sense that like pre-sections everywhere too, I was making a lot of custom themes because people wanted very specific things and it was hard to do without like the sections everywhere and all the other and the meta fields and meta objects that are now available. So I was doing just a lot of custom work and I would like, you know, we would work with designers. They would build something. I would build it exactly to spec. I would give them options. Like you could change color or text or whatever, but not necessarily that many options because they wanted it exactly like the designs. Also, if I had to do anything sort of custom or interesting, I was directly talking to the client. So I could be like, oh, you have to do this. Remember to do this. I could make a video of them to have a reference to know how to do something. So if some, like I could do things that were like a little weird because I could just be like, okay, I know this is a little weird, but you know, to get what you want, this is how you do it. But the thing with design packs is like, we have to build something first of all, super flexible. And then also we have to build it in a way that's intuitive because we don't have direct access to those like customers. They can like contact support or whatever, but oftentimes you don't necessarily want them to have to contact support just to figure out how to use your thing. So it's like the mentality, which that's why Anne is good because she has the mentality of building themes where it's like you, she had to deal with customer support for years. So she understands like what confuses merchants or what confuses this. Whereas I was also working with like, you know, people with budgets to have custom themes who had teams, probably like a bigger sort of like 
more mature in their journey into selling online. So that it's like a completely different mentality of trying to create something of like somebody who just signed up for Shopify. Can they figure it out? Like do something and they don't have me to sit there and explain it to them. And that does bring up like the idea. I don't know if this is something you've ever considered kind of involving in the up at five ecosystem. Have you ever, I don't know, looked into doing like a class or a course or a masterclass of some sort to actually teach people how to create a good, cogent, solid, optimizable theme? Actually, with Up at Five, we had a course of how to make Shopify apps because I had made a lot of custom apps and we made some public apps for clients, like not for ourselves, but for people who wanted them. We made actually two courses. We made one on how to integrate React into a theme and one on how to create like a Shopify app. The problem, however, is that technology moves very fast. (laughs) And so all of that, we took it down because it was just outdated. And I just don't have time to like create another one. I've been making small tutorials now on YouTube for, for how to do certain things with theme 2.0 because theme 2.0 is still pretty new and they are constantly coming out with like new features that you almost just have to hear about on the street like it's not like I feel like the documentation is good but it's just so much and you don't necessarily hear about everything so I've been making little like one to five minute videos on how to do things mostly because I realize I just want a one to five minute video on how to do things when I'm looking for something me too and the problem is I always stumble across a 20 minute one yeah (laughs) so I used to also have a blog called code Shopify but I had to change it because Shopify didn't like it, but we had it for about five years and it was getting like 10,000 monthly hits. But I was like, for me, like I was just like, I just need to document everything I'm doing so I can remember it later. And then it just, we just put it as a blog and it like got hits. I like never told anybody about it, but I feel like that, like I just put out content that I want (laughs) and then people enjoy it. And I think that's the ultimate goal. I think when you start spoon feeding people what you think they want, they're on to you. You know, I mean, the scam is up, the jig is up and you're also extremely busy. So I think adding like an entire course catalog to what you'd have to do and then for it to have to be updated again, two, three, five years from now. I was just curious because you have a, a good perspective that I think people would be able yeah. to glom I would onto and like to learn do, from. Yeah, I would definitely like to, but it is, it's, there's this only so much time in the world. Absolutely. So I'm curious, Trudy, what some of the wild Shopify development requests are that you've gotten. Have you gotten any that are kind of out there, whether they were pretty ingenious and like, hey, can you do this for me? And you just kind of maybe were like, oh, I never even thought of that. It can maybe kind of like the grid is something that you mentioned or or maybe even any that were just so totally outlandish that it was just, why would you ever want that? So one was very interesting where the guy came. So it was like a printing service and they wanted to be able to have like a a customized price for like every single option that you could choose. And there was like, there's probably like 20 to 50 options per depending on what it was like anything from printed posters to printed booklets to pamphlets or whatever. And so he wanted this customized price, which I think that people don't think about logically, but you can't change the price of a product on Shopify because then everybody on the internet who's looking at that product will see the price change because there's only one price per product. And if you could change it on the front end would be a huge security because then anybody could just change it to like $1. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's like logistical issues why you can't just change the price of a product. And so usually when you do that, what you do would break down the product into smaller products and like sort of put them together. But because there were so many options, it was just impossible to do. So I was like, well, how 
much as your volume. Because the thing is that you could create a new product for every time somebody ordered something. But if your volume is very high, that would get out of hand very quickly and very difficult to manage. But to manage the logistics would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we end up doing is creating like a custom app for them that would allow them to set all of the options on the back end for each product. And then like a custom like Vue.js front end. So it would like anytime they made like a selection, it would like change the price. But when they actually hit add to cart, it would like create a new product in Shopify and then add that new product to their cart. And it was interesting. And then also it like connected, like we sent all the information to the like their printing software or whatever. So like everything was kind of really automated. And then it was interesting because... Because I was like, I mean, this is all we can do. Like, this is what we could do. I don't know if this is the best solution because we're making a new product every time. But then it actually turned out well because then the customers could actually go back and reorder the same product because it would be like the exact specs that they wanted. Almost customizable and they didn't even have to go through the time and effort to customize it. Yeah, because like, you know, people would reorder the same thing over and over again. So that like specific Thing was there. So that was like quite interesting. Another one was for a car parts one where we like also made a custom app. Car parts, I guess, you know, they have like repositories of APIs that have all the data and they update all the time. And there's so much information that they wanted these products constantly updated. So I created an app that just like basically the app like created the product page from the API. They could just run the API or run, you know, a thing and it would just update all the apps. That was kind of interesting too. That's cool. So you didn't even have to like actually go by hand and create all that stuff. It just self-populated a little bit. Yeah. Cause they also had like, you know, thousands of products. Sure. So sure. Car parts is yeah. one of those things where it's just like for every car make and model year, there's like six different parts. Yeah. Wide body, small, whatever. That's definitely something that I could imagine as an app developer would be a bit taxing is there's, there's a difference between soap where it's kind of like eight types of soap compared to 10 million types of mufflers. Yeah. That's the thing I think with an agency, it's like you get to talk to a person, you're like, how do you have three products or do you have like two twenty thousand 20,000 products? Are your products always the same or are they changing all the time? Like, you know, there's like a lot of things to think about. And and have you seen a lot of changes in the Shopify ecosystem? I know your partner is kind of more the Shopify guru and you're kind of the coding genius. I'm curious if you've seen any sort of wild changes in your since your time in the Shopify ecosystem or just development in general that you might want to give some insight to our audience about maybe what you've seen and what to expect. Yeah. So I feel like in terms of like the theme development, like in the last like year and a half, like the a number of changes have been so fast. Like they, I feel like nobody can even come up, like realize what you can do with these. Yeah. Like I feel like there'll be more interesting things to come because of it, but like the sections everywhere really made a difference, but also the meta fields. And now they've come up with meta objects. And I think meta objects are a game changer. I mean, meta fields also, but it's just making it so much easier to have like a customized experience on your Shopify store without having to be a developer. That's what I found now. Like before I would be making these custom apps for people for like that car parts one. Now, if I were to do the same, well, maybe because it was an API, I would still have an app, but I think having like all your information on a product page, like I like or super big product pages with just every piece of information. Cause sometimes that's the only, that's the first place I, a customer is going to get to, like they won't see the homepage or the about page. So I think having everything and like customized information on the product page is really important, but that used to be really hard. But now with meta objects, you can like make really customized product pages 
where all the information is different, but it's still manageable because you're using one template. That's, I like making things that are very manageable for my clients, but still dynamic. So that they can self-regulate it and they can get in and yeah. be like, this isn't working. I can fix it instead of, yeah. you know, every time something goes wrong, you get the phone call. Yeah. And also I think what one thing that's more and more popular is before people would just be like, I want this theme and they would have a design and you create the theme and it would stay forever and it would just look like that. But now I find people having dynamic sites where you change things, banners are changing, updates are going on is a lot more popular. And I think because to a certain degree creates trust, because if you go back to a website all the time and it's exactly the same, you're like, is anybody doing anything? Is this still like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in the same aspect, I think that a lot of customers just generally like seeing something new or the brand wants to try different things out. I think that a website is kind of a really easy, it's one of the easiest ways possible to do some trial and error. You know, if if this doesn't work, I can just literally hit undo and nothing's going to change compared to like, if I change the price of something and I get a loss, I mean, that's the bottom line. That's a little different. It's not like changing some of the stuff on your website is really going to lose such a significant amount of money that it's not worth doing, but the upside is is totally worth it. So I think people are kind of really more willing to change something like that because it's it's low risk, high reward, honestly. Yeah. And I think especially as again with the product page, like I feel like one, because of social, people are kind of like just getting to the product page. They'll be like on Instagram, see something they like, and it'll just go to the product page. And you don't necessarily want them going away from the product page because you want them buying it. So it's like have all the information, the FAQ, the thing about your company, a little about about your company, just so they know, like all of the information on your product. As accessible to that like page as possible is, is what I'm hearing yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. That, that's- And the sizing. That's one of the things that I want to know is more about a company before I just buy their stuff. And when you get an ad for something, it takes you to the product page. And then I just end up going to the homepage, learning about the company and then back to the product page. And that feels a bit recursive for a shopper like myself, at least. Yeah. And so if you can stay, so that's why I think like to me, I'm like the product page is your most important page, obviously homepage too, those two things. And then, yeah. So the meta objects are just making it so much easier to like, you create them, reuse them. It's just like making it so much more manageable for merchants to like keep things updated and fresh and true. That's wonderful. What's what's next for you guys? I mean, what's 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 kind of the big project or projects that Up at Five and Design Packs have have been working on that you're looking forward to in the next I don't know year or two? In the last like editions that just came out for Shopify, which is where they like preview things that are coming, they have indicated something called flex sections, which is like sections but even more flexible, like that allow more customization. So I'm very excited about what that's going to be like. Like it's not available yet so we can't like try it out but that I'm just like holding my breath waiting for that to happen because that's very exciting because with your experience you're going to flex it until it breaks yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're going to see like take it potentially for the app potentially figure out how to integrate meta objects or create meta objects from the app to make it an easier user experience I feel like technically it's not that difficult but creating a user experience that people understand sometimes it's like the more difficult. So probably hopefully integrating meta objects into things 
from the agency, I've just been like still building using design packs and it's just speeding up development, like where something would maybe be like six months. Now it's like two months. So that's exciting. That is exciting. That's awesome. Before we wrap up, I always ask my guests the same question, essentially about how in the e-commerce industry, it's very high stress and people can get high strung and it's extremely valuable to take care of mental health and to find work-life harmony. Now, you seem like a pretty laid back, chill person, if I'm being honest. So I'm curious, what are some of your hobbies and interests that put you in that Zen state? Good mental hygiene, you know, work-life harmony. Definitely yoga. Yoga is like my favorite thing to do. So I think that's definitely keeping me Zen and calm. I bike as my main form of transportation. So I feel like, yeah, that also, like, I feel like biking somewhere, like that just little bit of exercise makes me a better person when I show up to my destination. Just like, you that know, that dopamine release of kind of like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I've recently uh, been doing some sailing, which is interesting. Wow. Good for <laughs> you. I had a buddy that did that and I couldn't even wrap my head around it. I mean, just the wealth of knowledge that it takes to. Yeah. Like I, like I'm a jib or run a schooner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to figure out all the words, but I feel like it's, I find it so interesting that we figured out, like humans figured out how to like circumnavigate the world with just like string and sheets. Like, oh, with, yeah. With, with fabric. That's so yeah. Crazy. Like it's, it's really interesting. That's cool. Good on you. I hope to hear about your travels around the world. It sounds like a lot of fun. Well, Trudy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. I'd like to thank my guest, Trudy McNabb, for joining me on the show and come back on Thursday when I talk with Chris Mercer, the co-founder of Measurement Marketing. Mercer and his team have been helping marketers, marketing teams, and agencies measure their marketing so they know what's working, what's not, and what's coming next. And again, Trudy's offering our listeners a promo code for 15% off Design Packs monthly subscription for as long as you use Design Packs. Simply visit design-packs.com or apps.shopify.com slash design-packs, install the app, visit the plans and billings page, and enter the promo code DEBUT15, that's capital D, lowercase E-B-U-T, and the numbers 15, and you'll receive 15% off your bill every month. For more information about Trudy, you can connect with her on LinkedIn. To learn more about Design Packs, feel free to visit their website, design-packs.com, or follow them on Pinterest, at Design Packs, or on Twitter and Instagram, at Design Packs. App. To learn more about Up at Five, you can visit their website up at five.ca or follow them on Instagram and Twitter at up underscore at underscore five spelled out. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you come back to find new episodes being published every Tuesday and Thursday. Until next time. 